This week, we have been promoting our BSC ONS Building Control programme on our social media channels. So it makes sense that this week's podcast guest is programme leader John Hubert. Hi, John. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Enjoying a sunny day. <laughs> Hottest day of the year, apparently, which gives away when we're recording it. So, yeah. Yes, we're all just trying not to melt. <laughs> but, but there we go. Thanks <laughs> for um, the UK, eh? It, it certainly does. So when we discussed recording this podcast, uh, we were talking about what potential subjects you might want to discuss. And the one you uh, decided to discuss is the importance of good design in the built environment. So can you talk me through why good design is so important in the sector? It's also a thing about what is good design, you know, definition as well. We can, we, you can really get into all sorts of uh, nooks and crannies with design in the built environment. My concern is more about, uh, my definition of good design is design that's um, sort of inclusive, sustainable, but also from my, with my building control hat on is safe. And safe meaning where someone can feel comfortable, anyone can feel comfortable, because really that's all it's about, particularly in the public realm. You know, in the private realm, your own home, wherever you live, um, I mean, there are varying degrees. We adapt to different levels of comfort. But when you're out and about, whatever that constitutes, whether you're walking, cycling, whatever your mode of transport, wherever you're going, you need to be able to get there. You need to be able to do so relatively easily, you know, without too many obstacles. And, of course, what, what that entails, it also depends on your level of ability. You know, if you're fully ambulatory, you have no problems at all, you can see, you can hear, they're physically fine. Many fewer obstacles, aren't there? Yeah, if you're hmm. at all sight impaired, hearing impaired, whatever else, in a wheelchair perhaps, the, the environment can seem formidable at times. So my thing about good design, um, especially, I'll, I'll mention it now because we're, we're still in the, the COVID-19 situation, especially in current circumstances, where we now have to think about spacing, the ability to get around without even breathing on people, as it were. You know, so never mind the face mask. Can you go get where you want to go, do what you need to do, uh, again, in, in a, with a sense of comfort? Is it, do you feel as though where you are, you are comfortable, that it is uh, an inclusive design? There's nothing stopping you there. But then also there's this, this intangible, uh, really, this sustainability thing. You know, are you dependent on driving a certain distance? Um, are the buildings you're in, you know, letting in cold air if you're in the winter or alternatively really hot in summer? There's a whole thing around that. And my, my thing about good design is that inherently wherever you are, you, you will feel comfortable. You will feel safe. You can see that whoever, whoever, whatever you, uh, place you're in, they're attempting to be sustainable. Short answer, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, all about the end user and the user experience after you've crafted whatever it might be, whether it's yeah, a building so, or. You'll have heard this in other podcasts, um, particularly from James Ritson with his architecture hat on. It is, it is still very much about people, place, and space. You know, you'll hear the thing about placemaking and so on, space making. Um, we're going to have this discussion as and when we get back into our own building, um, whenever that is. Um, you know, nominally it can handle on the three floors at the Horizons in Reading. It can handle 150, perhaps 200 people in in what was normal times. Now it may be 50 people. You know, 
And again, if you're able-bodied, not to, not to labour the point, but if you if you're have all your senses, all your physical faculties, then you can move around, you can make that space. If you don't in any way at all, it's going to be much more difficult. How many people can you share a lift with? You know, what alternatives are there? Will you can you work in a space that has to be adapted, say the ground floor, if that's all that's available to you? Um, will that be possible? Does it make sense? Uh, there's all sorts of things associated with that. And again, with the building control hat on, you have to think about that in, in terms of um, does the place work? Does the space work for the people who are going to use it? Does it work? As it, is it fit for purpose? Hmm. So it's very, very much the functional point of view. Um, there's obviously the aesthetic point of view, which can sometimes be in opposition sometimes with buildings from the Absolutely. functionality of it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would, I'm not so sure about the sometimes. I mean, there's this push-pull, push isn't there, always, mm. between the um, form and function, as it were. Uh, I mean, my architectural technology by background, um, so very much designing with my head over my heart, as it were. You know, the, the fun function uh, ahead of form. Whereas an architect, they, have, they get a different education. They have a different hat on. They're, it's very much about the aesthetic the beauty of something inherent in it. Um, I mean, there's a classic one. I'm sorry, going off on a ramble, but I'm in Calatrava's um, subway station in New York at uh, the World Trade Center. I mean, $4 billion they spent on it. It's a beautiful building. Um, but if you're walking through on a rainy day, it leaks. I mean, seriously, it, it's, it's, it's a gorgeous, uh, you know, a, a testament, a monument to... Mm. Um, a public building in, in terms of its shape and its 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 form is it, lovely, but functionally it's costing them thousands a year in maintenance. So <laughs> how do you find the right place? The, it, clearly they, they did all the the regulatory bit. It met it's fit for purpose in terms of people getting where they need to go, but you're going to have to take an umbrella inside. Does that make sense? It, it, it's a, it's an odd thing, isn't it? Hmm. So we. Um, Good design is about uh, sort of that melding of the people, the place, the space, um, bringing uh, not necessarily joy, if you like, although it's nice if you can do, if you, if you can make people smile as, they, as they're in their environment, then fantastic. But if they are at least comfortable, as I say, they don't have to do anything particularly untoward to, to, to adapt to a space, um, then that would be my, my definition. Um, Okay. I think what else you might think? I mean, I'm talking overseas. There's, there's all sorts of examples, to be honest. I mean, the classic one. Okay, Let, let's let's go off on a tangent again. Uh, back, but back in our hometown in Reading, uh, the one I was thinking about today when we were sort of looking at the different topics we might talk about. Um, good design. Reading Station. There, millions spent on it. Uh, it's a it's a great place. It really does its job. Uh, the new build opened in whenever it was, 2014, 2015. Um, vast improvement over the old thing, over the old station, uh, many more lines, proper intersection. But where's the one place that you need space to, um, to do what you need to do, to think, to, to figure out what, where you're going and what you're going to do? Um, and that's right at the entrance and exit point, okay? Um, the rest of the stations are big concourses. There's places to eat, places to sit down, chill, wait for your train, whatever. Um, plenty of signage. But right where the, um, I was going to say turnstiles, the, the entry-exit barriers with the ticket, the ticket machines, whatever. Um, I, I've 
been through it so many times, and maybe you have too. But if you come to that barrier and your ticket doesn't work, you can't find it, whatever, and it's a complete panic for a minute. <laughs> there is the least amount of space in the station right there. For some reason, they've got an open part. I'm talking about the main part of the station, not yeah. the old one. Yeah. And right there, half of that area where those barriers are, is, it seems to be closed off with doors, which may be because of the weather or something. You've got people coming and going. And yes, the fellows who work for the, um, the station, whatever, are really helpful. But it's completely, um, what, what's the word? It's, it's not fit for purpose. It needs more space around it. Those, those barriers need to be further in the station, or you need to extend a, uh, an awning back over so you've got more room to move. It, it's hopeless, actually. I've seen so many people and so many lines form in the one place where you need the space. So, and again, it, it, are you comfortable at that point? No. So that's, that's an, an example of a, a super building, really good design, but one serious flaw. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, of course, again, thinking of building control. Okay, now you have a build-up of people in that space. Is that necessary? I'm talking normal times, as it were. Again, we're ignoring the COVID thing for a moment. But does that make sense? Would you would you do that from scratch? So it's also when you're sort of working through your your degree on building control or any other degree for that matter. It's about having the the ability to step into other people's shoes, to look at the law of unintended consequences when you're in design. You know, to see things from other people's point of view and go, is that a good idea? To be able to evaluate these things. So you can really get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting example you, you give there of Reading Station, because I think universally it's it's always been positive what people have said about it. But as you say, and, and as you mentioned, when, when you first go to the ticket barriers, it, it's straight, you know, as soon as you step through the indoor building. And, and as you say, you know, you make a really good point there about how obtrusive that is, really. And, and that it's, um, you know, if, if you are struggling with your ticket or you know as quite often happens when you've got an online ticket on your phone and you're struggling to get signal or whatever it might be that's a stressful situation so that's a you know it's nice to get that other point of view and and as you say sort of bring in the functionality of these buildings um into how you design them and um you mentioned there a, a lot about the building control uh, element i mean what other disciplines in the sector does design relate to I mean, that's an open door, really, isn't it? Because it relates to everything. I mean, again, architectural technology, actually, is my background. Um, went to, uh, where was I last year? Um, some day out, some con- small conference where um, and there was a building control uh, inspector there giving a talk and saying, you know, this is perfect for architectural technologists if you're looking for a career, um, looking for something to do. Now, the degree, I mean, they, it depends on whether they want to do a building control degree and so forth. But um, everybody can get building control. Um, it's not so much, it's a form of surveying. But the idea is, or, or the notion is, you need a much greater understanding of the regulations that apply uh, to design, to buildings, to the, to the, uh, public, to the public spaces, to the environment. Um, you're focusing on, um, obviously, safety aspects. Uh, so it is largely in the public realm, um, but anywhere where that is not a private space is something that you will get in, that building control surveyors will get involved in, but also anybody else with an interest in design. 
it depends what you, you want your focus to be. I mean, a construction manager can do this, um, a building surveyor, a quantity surveyor, if they get fed up with measuring, tendering, and estimating, whatever it is they do, and apologies, I'm, I'm not a QS, but I know that there's a certain mindset required for that, and if you don't like it, we have a much broader field here, things that you can get into. Um, real estate generally, if you have an interest in how the public realm functions, in what people do, and it's, it's not just the buildings, it's the people, naturally, because that's who you're designing for, which is kind of where I was alluding to at the beginning. You, know, we, you hear this, as I say, the people and the place and so forth, but is, we don't design in, in the, well, very few people design in the abstract. It's about the people who are going to use it. Is it fit for purpose? Does it make sense insofar as possible? Yes, the aesthetic is important, but certainly in public spaces, I mean, at USEM, of course, we, we get into things like um, stadiums, um, concert halls, um, but also places like Reading Station, naturally, because this is where people congregate. Um, so what makes that work? What makes those spaces work? And if you have an interest in that, if you're at all curious as to how people um, move, how they live, what they do in public spaces, in the public realm, then building control is, is a great place to be, is, is a great course, great thing to do. Um, and even more so lately, um, not, not to create a benefit out of, it, out of the coronavirus, but it creates, another, it creates more challenges, if you see what I mean. It is, not only do we have what was normal, but now we have to think about um, how people line up, what, what behaviours they exhibit when asked to be patient, um, when they have to do things like click and collect, or as we've just heard um, this week, you know, it may be likely that if you're heading for the pub in, in a couple of weeks' time, you're going to have to register. So, yeah, you'll need a signal on your phone. You'll need proof of identity, um, likely. You know, you're going to be tracked. How are people going to cope with that? How can you mitigate for that in, in these circumstances? What, what again, is, is, I'm harking on about it, but what makes you comfortable? Some people really won't be. What happens if they're not? Are you going to put bouncers on the door, as it were, with every, every public place for the people who just throw a fit and say, I'm not doing this, the heck with you? It, it's, it's all sorts of challenges, right? And it's this business of, again, thinking, we talk about outside the box, the business to, of thinking about how other people will react. What would you do? Do you think they're right or wrong? What's your judgment? And working with other people um, is... is essential to all of this. So yes, um, disciplines, you know, what are, how many other people can get into this? All sorts. Um, I'll give you a clue. When I was doing architectural technology as a degree, um, we had interior designers come along because, again, the, the, the built environment is huge, as it were. You, it's a ticket to anywhere if you really want to get into it. So with building control, same idea. You could, the, the, if you are um, willing to, to take on the challenge, you can go anywhere and do anything. Which brings me on to, I think, the, the final question here, which is about, you know, who would benefit from studying on your programme? So what you've, you've said there, it, it seems to be if you're interested in problem solving and looking at the, the wider picture, um, you know, as, as you mentioned with the challenges posed by COVID-19, that it's someone who enjoys that sort of aspect but but who else you know who might be listening to this and you know perhaps would uh, think about studying on on our bsc program okay so 
Yes, we're pushing building control, but honestly, this is open to anyone. We always push the urn while you learn thing at USEM because you can. When we're talking about the BSC building control, uh, and obviously we do master's programs as well. My thing with undergraduate is an opportunity, if you're working, um, to find a space, again, a different kind of space now, where you get to reflect on what you're learning, what you have learned from your learning. That's the, that's the big deal. Because very often we go through life, I mean, I, I worked for over 20 years, 25 years after leaving school, um, before I ever went to university. And I was fortunate doing full-time and all the rest of it. But if you're studying with us, anyone, anyone will benefit. But you, the particular benefit of an undergraduate degree is the ability to step back. And as I say, we've already talked about looking at things from other people's point of view. And that's what a degree gives you the opportunity to do. The, the notion that you can analyse something, synthesise it, you put it back together, you evaluate the outcome and arrive at your own judgment. And we're in such a hurry, working usually, you know, Monday to Friday, the grind, the nine to five, whatever you're doing, in, again, in normal times, that you never really get the chance to step back and think about what you've learned from all this. You don't get a really get a chance to reflect upon it. So that's what USEM offers. UCEM, sorry, hold on. Do it properly. We offer that opportunity with a degree to give you the time, the, the space, physically the space in your head as it were, to reflect upon the learning and to become better at it, to create a feedback loop that goes, okay, I've done this, this is what I've learned from it, this is what I'll do better next time or I'll do differently next time. And anyone, particularly in a building control surveying program, will benefit from that because you're advising people on uh, regulations on good design what will make something better for everybody not just the individuals concerned that's great so uh, thank you very much for your time there John um, you know really interesting to, to really sink your teeth into the importance of good design in the built environment and how that relates to building control and if you would like to ask John any questions about his program or indeed studying with UCEM then keep next Wednesday evening free John is hosting an open hour at 6pm British summer time and to find out more head to our website ucem.ac.uk and select webinars from the left hand side menu thanks for listening